0: Welcome to the Disability Sport Info Show, the podcast that explores academic knowledge about disability sport. My name is Dr. Chris Brown, and I'm an academic with an expertise in disability sport. Each episode, I focus on a specific topic of disability sport and speak to academic experts to understand the area more depth. So join me and listen to the Disability Sport Info Show, who get an expert view on disability sport. Hello, listener. Welcome to the Disability Sport Info Show. Thank you for joining me for another episode. This is a special episode. We'll be exploring the Accessercise app, which is an initiative created by Ali Jawad, the Paralympian paralifter, who is also a PhD student looking into anti-doping and cheating in Paralympic sport. For this episode, we're focusing on the Accessercise app and what it is, why it's been created, and how it can help to encourage more exercise and activity for disabled people i hope you enjoy our conversation so you've created the exercise app first of all what is it and why have you created this app what's its purpose
1: so i'll give you some context behind it because i think it's important that we get some context behind it so in the first lockdown like everyone else i had more times on my hands um and i was trained for a pad of games for my living room so yeah <laughs> <easy>. uh, <laughs> crazy um but I think what I what I did was I was kind of reflecting on my career mm. at the time, thinking like, you know, did I do enough? Did I reach my potential? Um, have I achieved everything that I wanted to? Just stuff like that, like a reflective period for me. It's weird. But I think everyone was reflecting, I think, at that yeah. time. But the one thing that when I look back, it wasn't about the medals or what I did. It was actually why I never questioned why I was the only disabled person in a gym at the time i never questioned it uh, i never asked that question And when i look back i was like why did i never ask somebody why uh is it because i was just more adaptable because i wanted to get to the pan games and i just got on with it or were there barriers there that i just didn't i just didn't understand and has that really changed the last 17 years since since then there's more disabled people going to gyms and actually regularly going and then the answer was i don't think so Um, so I thought well why is that the case Mm. so I I went online and I thought well there must be a fitness app that caters for so people or people with impairments because the fitness app industry is huge it is massive Um, there's a I think there's over 70,000 health and fitness apps on the market I was like there's bound to be one so I did my research one morning and I couldn't find one now I thought this is shocking like, yeah. am, I, am i not looking in the right places or does it not exist hmm. so as a sale person i started writing things down in terms of if there was a fitness app what would it look like and then within the hour i was like oh okay i think i've got a fitness app here so i thought yeah but don't be stupid like you've got no business or tech experience like <laughs> rip, rip, rip it up and throw it in the bin like that's just like another project when you retire or something but then i was like you know what like it needs to happen and why 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 should i let somebody else do it i think i can do it like i'm a disabled person you know like i've got the experience mm. um why not so i called my friend and now my co-founder to tell me off to see whether or not it's crazy or whether or not i'm onto something and he was like oh my god let's let's do it the idea to launch it took us about a year uh, and last year we launched it so exercises well I guess it's the world's first complete fitness app, especially designed for people with disabilities
0: and impairments. So you did that also whilst training for the Paralympics via your living room?
1: And studying
0: the PhD at the same time. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot, <laughs> I forgot about your PhD. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> the whole reason we we're talking, yeah. For oh, my so, sense. Okay. Yeah, you obviously like having lots of, uh, lots of things to do at the same time. But uh, yeah, okay, excellent. You've created this really, well, world-leading app. So... If someone logs onto it, what do they see? What, what do they find in this app?
1: Yeah, so we try to um, kind of cater with three different features in the app. So uh, feature one is the exercise library. This is a an impairment-specific exercise video library where the user gets a catalogue of video exercises performed by somebody of their impairment. Okay. Right? So if you're a double amputee, all the videos – the, 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 the demonstrator is a double amputee too. Now, we don't give out any training programs at all because I'm not an expert on every impairment. Okay. However, the user is a, an expert on their impairment. So exactly. with the video exercises, users can create their own training programs, right? So they give them. you empower them, you educate them, but they also take responsibility of their journeys, which I think is really important, and I'm not relying on able-bodied people to, to teach them what to do. The second feature is the social hub where users get to share their workouts with their friends and, you know, the friends can like, like comment and motivate them. So I think a sense of community is really important. Mm-hmm. And, and the last one, and this is where my academic science evidence-based hat comes on. I thought, well, how can I change the fitness industry itself? Like, how can I, how can we drive to better policy changes down the line? So the explore section allows users to rate the accessibility of gyms and sporting facilities in their areas, which means that it's a two-way feedback. It allows users to know what facilities are, quote-unquote, you know, accessible for them or the most accessible for them. But two, it allows us to know what gyms and sporting facilities are lacking, which means that actually when it comes to – Analyzing our fitness industry in the UK, we go, actually, we've actually got actual data from Mm. actual users to um, drive our thinking. I think that's really important. So, they're the three main features. Uh, Obviously, we've got other features, but they're the three where we think will make a huge difference uh, to the app.
0: Okay. Yeah. Really interesting. And in terms of the last point, so about the accessibility and users being able to rate it, are you working with gyms to try and promote the app? so that they open themselves up to being critiqued or are you hoping that the users themselves do that and you kind of then go to the uh, gyms and say look this is what the feedback we're getting
1: yeah so that's a good question so at the moment because we're so new uh, we're relying on users um mm. however in the future we're absolutely going to work with gyms to make sure that if they do have a non you know favorable rating we help them um mm. make sure that they we increase their, their rating remember the, the ratings in the app they're not driven by me or my no. team they're driven by the user yeah. so yeah you know, it's not it's not us criticism it's, it's the user themselves and i thought that was really important and in the app if a facility gets more than four stars they automatically get our logo on it ah
0: uh, okay cool yeah. that's nice yes i can verify
1: it's like a verified thing officially um and i thought that was a good thing to do so you separate the accessible gyms and the non-accessible gyms on the map
0: yeah then you hope that some gyms who haven't got the the logo want um, to exactly strive to do it especially if it's a local competitor etc okay cool um you probably know this already uh, because you're a very smart man and you've done your research in this area um english federation of disability sport which is now activity alliance they have something called the inclusive fitness initiative um which not as detailed as what you've, you've created, but they also had the kind of mark of quality and trying to say that these are the gyms which are yeah. inclusive. Why has that not translated to meaningful change then?
1: Do you want my honest opinion?
0: I, I would love your honest opinion, yeah.
1: Um, let's just say organisations that preach about participation, I'm not going to say who because I think we know who they are, um, that are government-funded, that are government-funded, They love consultation, they love data in terms of the statistics behind a certain problem, and they commit to funding projects um, to say they've done something to address it without actually addressing the problem. Okay. So these organizations have the resources to do this app. This app should have been created years ago with Mm. the resources that some – government agencies have they've got the money to do it they've got the know-how they, they're like they can do it they, they can't you know for me to for, you know for, for me to kind of do this myself just shows you that nobody actually want, wants meaningful change uh, it's all about ticking loads of boxes so that's the problem you've got organizations that have loads of money behind them um talking about you know consultations you know and uh you know producing data that actually don't correspond to any change at all.
0: Yeah, so it's a tick box culture, and um, I think also you, you probably again know more than me about this, but these are organisations that are run by non-disabled people primarily. They are right. So yes, they may want to change it, but they don't have the lived experience. They don't necessarily have that. Yeah, but I think passion,
1: yeah, but know. I I think that's an excuse because I keep saying yeah, to course. I keep saying to a lot of people, how many disabled people do you know? are employed in senior positions in any
0: organisations. Well, hardly so, any, presumably. Why? Well, what? why? Yeah, exactly. Probably why? because, uh, well, there's a lack of uh, fairness or awareness of the opportunities that exist. It's um,
1: because it's because uh, organisations think to tick a box on their yeah. um, accessibility and inclusion uh, space as an organisation, they think employing disabled people, um, disabled person in a low-skilled job is enough. Because that's okay, apparently, okay. I mean, and we have to be appreciative that we even got a job. That has to change.
0: Um yes, that personalizing attitude that we talked about earlier. Massively.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we're getting to a point where we need to allow the disabled community to demonstrate their ability rather than giving them low level jobs a bit as a tick block exercise. A lot yeah. of organizations that work with disabled people, you're right, they're way more What do they know? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Yeah.
0: yeah. And if you are able-bodied, it's also about you know giving the platform to individuals who have that experience and have the knowledge and say and actually be humble enough to say, yeah, I don't know all the answers. I don't have all the experience or knowledge. Someone else might do. It's interesting you're talking about that because uh, yeah, it's this is dreadful that 2022. This is it's taken now, it's like last year. You know that we've had an app like this.
1: And done by somebody with no tech or business experience. Who, some random dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Well, you're, you're not quite some random dude, Ali. You're a very successful elite athlete. But um, yeah, your point remains. You know, it's taken an individual with the drive and determination and passion to try and actually get this across the line to get it across the line. But obviously, if you had all the resources and infrastructure that some other organizations have, you'd be able to implement oh, this even greater, of course.
1: Yeah, there's, there's global like um, companies out there that could do this. Um, they could have done it years ago.
0: Of course.
1: Uh, yeah. So for me, it's it's a travesty that has taken you know one or two people to have an idea, um, thought about during lockdown, to mm. to actually do it. Like we haven't got the resources like anybody else, so we've had to think outside the box. But I think the way we've done it has actually been a benefit to us because I am disabled. I've got the, I've got the experience as a disabled yeah. person, so having that know-how has actually probably been better for the app rather than an organization doing it instead.
0: Yeah, and you, you, what you said earlier kind of struck struck me when you talk about the um consultation exercises that some organizations go through. When I was doing my PhD, I was I have to do a freedom of information request to get information about sport England funding for disability um, amongst national governing bodies. Because they yep. said yep. 91 and a half million pounds or whatever's gone to the national governing bodies, like, okay, where is it then? Where's it gone? And it, it took a bit of time. And then some of the funding was basically for having the conversation for basically trying to upskill organizations saying let's work towards having oh god should the opportunity be? to be able to do it and it wasn't actually funding for a project really it was just about let's try and upskill you guys um yeah it's just crazy no, that. It's no awesome. i think
1: i think it's important you upskill your staff absolutely
0: yeah. it's important but not but, that should be the end result of a funding but, from but that England. should
1: that should not be the end result no it should be part of the process
0: yeah, and often some of the accusations from other participants was that essentially some organizations go for the easy wins in yep. terms of the impairment categories, you know, yep. like try and have these big mass sessions where you get maybe intellectual impairment groups so you can just say, look, look how we're doing, rather than actually, again, trying to make meaningful change.
1: Yeah, because the app's still in its early days. We are going to try and cater for about 126 disabilities and impairments in the app
0: eventually. Really? I was, was going to ask you, yeah, how have you made it accessible across the multiple impairments? How, how are you? So 126, that's a lot. How how have you managed to kind of get all the exercise videos and experience information? That must have been a big piece of work.
1: Yeah, our biggest challenge is content, right? So Mm. think about it. Every impairment has its own content, and that content has to start from novice all the way up to experienced. And so the intensity of the exercise obviously then varies as well. So you're catering. Not only you came for every impairment, but you're also catering for the level of that user and their journeys So you have to have enough, like the content will be vast per impairment eventually. So we focused on physical impairment for now. Uh And then we're going to branch out uh, more impairments down the line. So eventually we're going to have chronic illnesses. We're going to have, you know, things that are invisible illnesses as well. The dream is to make it the most accessible fitness app there has ever been. That is the goal. I know it's a huge goal. I know it's crazy because it's still early days and, you know, my team's only three people. But the dream is to get to that sort of level because, and as an elite athlete, I've always said that like the dream is to always get to a, an Olympic and Paralympic games. That's that's what it is as an athlete. And for me, I need to transfer that into you know business and go actually what is the dream? What is the pinnacle? And the pinnacle is you make it as accessible as
0: physically possible. Yeah, it's just frustrating. You haven't had the resources or something else with a huge amount of resources I haven't been able to kind of add to this. Um you should go on Dragon's Den next
1: season. Uh, no, nah, they take too much equity
0: yeah that's the problem you'll go you'll value your business at a million and say i only want five percent giveaway yeah
1: exactly they probably want 50 percent um but if Stephen bartlett is right listening i'll have a conversation with him because i think uh he can do good things for us
0: if if only i knew Stephen bartlett uh but you you never know he might be one of our listeners who knows but um
1: or or peter jones because he's techie yeah yeah
0: uh or any of dragon if you've got expertise and you're listening feel free to get in touch but um, yeah, no, okay. So there's often the challenges are in terms of time, resources, being able to get it as accessible as possible. So for now, you're working with users, and you're hoping the users generate the content, and then you can feed that back. How do you um, envisage working with organisations if possible? We've talked about how in the future you can maybe go to gyms, etc. How are you going to get this message about this app out there? What's your kind of main way of doing that?
1: Yeah, so I want to correct you there for a minute. It's not okay. the users, so it's not users creating content for us at all.
0: So I mean, in terms of the rating, I mean, in terms of oh, like,
1: oh you mean rating. you mean the explore section? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So our plan is to basically partner with every single charity uh, that represents these impairments, okay, uh, and become their like an uh, official fitness app partner to make sure that we work with them to make sure the exercises in the app are safe, are accessible, and they're doing the job. That we think they should be doing for their communities. So we are asking charities that represent these impairments to contact me so we can work together. Um, and and because like from the start, um, the exercises in the app, um, I knew that obviously being an athlete, um, my knowledge is is vast by the top level. I needed mm-hmm. I needed some grounding. Uh, what was going on uh, on the ground? So what I did was, from the very, very start of the process, I employed a disability focus group with varying impairments to go through the process with me at every stage um, to make sure that the app is functioning, the flow of the app is accessible enough, the videos are clear, they're concise, um, and all the features were doing what they're supposed to. So that knowledge that I had from the focus group was very uh, valuable for us. And I'm adding to that focus group every single time we get a new impairment in to make sure that we've got fresh ideas, press perspectives. Um, so, yeah, we've got a big focus group that's helped me do it. But I know that we can do way more. Um, so I'm hoping that charities and organisations come forward. Uh, and we're hoping that universities as well come forward to um, make sure that they re- do research on the app, make sure that, you know, from an evidence point of view, it's doing what it's supposed to do. And actually we're open to any sort of um, improvements as well. Um, so we want the app to be as evidence based as possible
0: so yeah lots of work ahead what would be kind of the the main piece of work now for the next six months or so is it just getting the content for the the videos and then refreshing the focus groups is that what you're envisaging
1: yeah the the biggest thing for us is content right Mm. um app doesn't exist without video content it's just how it is unfortunately that video content as you can imagine is stupidly expensive um you've got the cost of the facility, you've got the cost of, even though, however, we, we managed to get, you know, Stoke Man been incredible for us. Um, they've they've allowed us to film for free there um, in the beginning, which was great. Uh, but you ha- you've got the, you know, camera operator, you've got the editing, you've got the voiceovers in, in the videos. It is a very expensive process for us. And I guess with any tech company, it's going to burn a lot of money. Um, you know, we're not going to be different. So yeah, for us, it's all about getting as much content as possible and growing the impairment groups. Uh, because... It's only going to work if you cater for the majority of the community. Um, Yeah, so for us, we've got a long way to go still.
0: And in terms of platforms it's available on, is it on Android, iOS, all those kind of platforms?
1: Yeah, it's available on both. Um, And yeah, you can find us on all
0: our social media platforms too. For those who aren't technologically savvy, how can they still be uh, exercising and be keeping themselves fit if they're not able to kind of, if they don't have a phone that is, Able to download this app? How are you going to try and help those individuals? Yes,
1: yeah, so I think down the line um, we're going to try revamp our website where it becomes the app, so you can okay. download you can download stuff offline and access it later on demand. Obviously, like that's the dream down the line, uh, and it's also very important we do that because we know that not everyone's got a phone, um, especially if we're to branch out to other nations. Mm. Um, so it's important that people are, can download it without um, using their phones; they can use it through a screen. Um, and we're going to try and make it as accessible as possible eventually. But yeah, please be patient with us. It's been a very long process already.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I think listeners will be very patient based on all the work that you're currently doing. Um, so yeah, no. well, that's uh, really been very interesting to learn about this app. exercise app available via Google Play and also via iOS on Apple. Um, so please download it. There's also the website. Uh, would you like to say the website address?
1: Yeah, it's just exercise.com.
0: Cool. And to confirm, access a size is spelled S-E-R-C-I-S-E. Yep. Okay, Ali, that's been great. It's been great chatting to you. Lots of content. Very interesting. You're a very busy man, so I really do appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Yeah, thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: That's it. That's all we have time for. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Disability Sport Info Show. Stay tuned for another episode. Until then, goodbye. You've been listening to the Disability Sport Info Show, academic insights into disability sport.